0: Weatherby House. April 12, 1944. A crisp autumn wind swept through the narrow streets of Ravenbrook, a weird little town nestled in the heart of northern Maine. As the sun dipped below the horizon, Officer Daniel Brooks adjusted his police hat, ready for another routine night patrol. Even then, the town's peculiar history was more of an unspoken understanding. Shared by its residents Tales of eerie happenings Seemed to have echoed through the dense woods That surrounded the town for as long as anyone could recall Whispers of the supernatural Had become a part of the fabric of Ravenbrook's existence Like shadows that refused to fade with the passing years One unsettling mystery That had persisted for decades Centered around the Weatherby House A decaying mansion at the edge of town a towering facade that now only reminded passers by of the town's long forgotten grandeur. Locals spoke of ghostly apparitions, chilling moans, and inexplicable lights that emanated from its boarded up windows. The mere mention of the Weatherby house in public would more than likely get you a dirty look or nervous disregard from any longtime resident. Officer Brooks received reports regularly usually from the braver souls in town, about strange sounds emanating from the dilapidated structure. Whispers that danced in the wind, the creaking of old floorboards and occasionally, a mournful wail that by all accounts seemed to be pretty damn terrifying. Tonight, as the moon hung low in the sky, a new report reached Brooks, another disturbance at the Weatherby house. Maybe this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Maybe Brooks had simply woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Whatever it was. On this night, he was determined to put an end to one of the town's many persistent nuisances. He made his way north down Main Street, and hung a left on Van Buren Drive, down the dimly lit street, and toward the outskirts of Ravenbrook. The flickering streetlights cast long, ominous shadows, and a distant howl that came from the wooded embankment to his right added an eerie soundtrack to the night. The Weatherby house loomed ahead, an ominous silhouette against the moonlit sky. As Officer Brooks approached, the air grew heavy. He tightened his grip on his flashlight and called out, Ravenbrook Police Department, anyone in there, come on out. Silence greeted his command broken only by the distant hooting of an owl. Undeterred, he ascended the porch steps, each creaking under his considerable weight. The front door partially ajar seemed to beckon him into the darkness. Taking a deep breath, he pushed the door open, revealing a musty, dilapidated foyer. Hello? Police? Is anyone here? His words echoed through the desolate halls, met only by the unsettling silence of the abandoned mansion. He navigated the labyrinthine corridors, his flashlight's beam cutting through the thick darkness that clung to the air like a sinister fog. Suddenly, a distant shuffle echoed from the upper floors, accompanied by a soft, haunting melody, a child's lullaby. The hairs on the back of Brooks's neck stood on end, as he cautiously ascended the grand staircase, its wooden treads groaning with each step. The lullaby grew louder, weaving through the air like a spectral tapestry. Reaching the landing, Brooks was confronted by a series of closed doors. He pressed his ear against one, the lullaby now a mournful dirge. With trepidation, he turned the knob, revealing a room bathed in an ethereal glow, a crib stood at its center, the source of the haunting melody, yet no child occupied it. As Brooks approached the crib, the room seemed to pulsate around him. The air turned frigid, and his breath materialized in the spectral atmosphere. Whispers filled the room, indistinct yet laden with sorrow. Suddenly, the room plunged into a darkness that even his mag couldn't penetrate. The lullaby ceased. A chilling voice echoed through the black void. Leave this place, Officer Brooks, or become one of its shadows. Stunned by the disembodied warning, Officer Brooks fumbled for his sidearm, his heart pounding in his chest. The room remained shrouded in darkness and an oppressive silence gripped the air. Acting on instinct alone, he raised his flashlight to meet his pistol pointed toward the exterior wall. The moment they met in his hands, the flashlight pierced the obscurity, revealing the room exactly as it had been before. The crib, the ghostly glow, now accompanied by an unsettling stillness. Shaking off the disquiet that clung to him, Brooks pushed forward, determined to unravel the mysteries that enveloped the Weatherby house. He rounded a corner, clinging to the wall and avoiding the decrepit baluster that surrounded the stairway. The haunting lullaby lingered in the air, a spectral melody echoing through the desolate corridors. As he explored further, the oppressive atmosphere seemed to intensify, the walls themselves whispering memories of times long past. A faded photograph, a cracked mirror, furniture draped in dusty sheets. Brooks could feel the weight of the house's history, an amalgamation of joy and sorrow etched into its decaying walls. Each room seemed to tell a story, a narrative entwined with the echoes of lives once lived within these now forsaken halls. The more he explored, the more the unsettling encounters seemed to escalate, phantom footsteps echoed behind him, and fleeting shadows danced at the periphery of his vision. Whispers trailed him, unintelligible yet laden with a profound sadness that made his fingers tingle. Officer Brooks was undeterred. He pressed on. In a forgotten library, he stumbled upon a dusty collection of weathered journals stacked neatly on a desk in the corner. Cobwebs stretched between the oak chair and the spindled legs as he pulled it away and carefully sat down. The leather-bound tomes chronicled the lives of the Weatherby family, their joys and tragedies etched in faded ink. The patriarch, Samuel Weatherby, had been an esteemed member of the community, but tragedy befell the family when his wife, Eleanor, passed away under mysterious circumstances. Hours passed as his fingers traced the yellowed pages, revealing tales of grief, desperation and an insatiable desire to reunite with the departed. The final entry in the next-to-final book spoke of a forbidden ritual, a desperate attempt to breach the veil between the living and the dead. The details were cryptic, but a name resonated. The Whispering Grove. A thick patch of woods that bordered Ravenbrook. As far as Brooks knew, It was known more for drunk teenagers, illegal bonfires, and lovers' lane-type activities than any ritualistic practices. Tonight would be different. New knowledge formed a new perspective as Brooks rushed from the home and into his squad car. It was a short drive, back down Van Buren and across the parkway, and he found himself pulling onto the unnamed dirt path that led to Whispering Grove. He parked next to a towering pine and stepped out into a place where the barrier between the worlds seemed to blur. The twisted branches cast eerie shadows, and an otherworldly fog clung to the air. He set off into the tree line, unsure of what exactly was driving him. Over gnarled roots and tumbled river rocks, he pushed in, until the foliage seemed to fall away. A small clearing just east of a small beaver pond, It was then that he realized that he hadn't even turned on his flashlight. He felt for it in his kit belt. The clip that usually housed it was empty. A little frantic now he felt for his gun. His fumbling fingers found only an empty holster. Had he left them behind? How could he? He turned back toward his car just as a ghostly apparition materialized. He knew immediately that he was looking at the specter of Eleanor Weatherby. Her hollow eyes fixed on Brooks, she whispered, The past cannot be undone, Officer Brooks. Leave this cursed legacy behind. Before he could respond, the spectral figure dissolved into mist, leaving behind nothing but ominous silence. Determined to rid Ravenbrook of this nuisance... Brooks pressed forward, guided by the unsettling whispers that led him deeper into the heart of the whispering grove. The fog thickened, and the oppressive silence seemed to intensify, broken only by the eerie whispers that guided him toward an ancient, gnarled tree at the grove's core. The whispers crescendoed into a haunting chorus, a symphony of voices entwined with sorrow and longing. As Brooks reached the tree... Its twisted branches seemed to reach for him, casting elongated shadows on the forest floor. A sudden chill ran down his spine as the ghostly apparition of Samuel Weatherby materialized before him. The ethereal figure spoke, its voice a mournful echo. "'Officer Brooks, you tread upon the threshold of the past. Our mistakes have chained Ravenbrook to the shadows.' His knees crashed against the hard-packed earth as the spectral revelation unfolded in his mind. A tale of desperate love, the forbidden rites of the Whispering Grove, and a tragic sacrifice that bound the Weatherby family to the fabric of the veil itself. Eleanor's spirit lingered in anguish, unable to find solace in an afterlife. Brooks realized that the key to freeing their home from its spectral shackles lay in unraveling the unresolved tragedies that gripped the Weatherby house. Guided by a force beyond his comprehension, Officer Brooks returned to the mansion, where the atmosphere now crackled with supernatural energy. The lullaby resumed, echoing through the corridors as if pleading for release. He rushed back to the library. There had been one more book on the desk, The Weatherby Grimoire, containing the incantations that bound the spirits to the veil. With a trembling hand, Brooks fumbled through the Latin as best he could, each word resonating with power despite his uncertain recitation. The mansion trembled as energy surged through its decaying walls. Shadows danced, merging and dissipating, and the lullaby transformed into a harmonious melody that echoed through the corridors. As the incantations reached their peak, a blinding light enveloped the entire building. The apparitions of Samuel and Eleanor Weatherby appeared one final time, their faces serene as they embraced. With a whispered thank you, they faded into the light. The Weatherby house stood silent. The twisted branches of its trees now swayed gently in the breeze. Officer Brooks emerged from the mansion. The weight lifted from his shoulders. Ravenbrook so often shrouded in darkness, for tonight would simply bask in the moonlit serenity of a quiet main night. In this place, the whispers of Ravenbrook faded, replaced by the gentle rustling of leaves and the distant sounds of a waking town. But this is Ravenbrook. We all know, including Officer Brooks, that that piece would be all too short lived.
1: The Weatherby House. Very, very That's much right. a Ravenbrook Ravenbrook story. I yeah, it has very all classic. the yeah, right. All yeah. the meat and all the juices. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I like how this sort
0: of has a happy ending. Yeah. This 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 little corner of Ravenbrook had a an okay evening, you know? Right, I mean
1: nothing nothing too crazy. But yeah. of course we ghostly figures and Yeah, you know, this creepy creepy house. Um That's right. And it's also told from another perspective. A different perspective yeah. though we haven't told any of these stories in, which is also a really neat you know, difference to this one
0: yeah we got our
1: first brush with the rpd, RPD. we haven't seen them yet yeah yeah so we're gonna get to explore it's, uh, I, I mean obviously they know they know things so just like as you mentioned at the end you know little, yeah. just like everybody knows and along with the officer you know yep it's not gonna stay quiet for too long basically exactly. everybody knows that there's some strange things going on in ravenbrook yeah
0: i mean What's interesting is as we dig deeper into this place,
1: like how high up does it go? You see, know what that's, I mean. That's like, what I want to. I want to see how high we can go, see yeah. how far we can actually take it. Because I think we can, I think we can do some really really cool things with it if we if we explore and basically yep. go as far and as deep as we can. You know, we have like local politicians.
0: We have, like, legacy families that have been in town since the founding. Yeah. You know? Are yeah. there are there secrets, family secrets, that run all the way back to the founding of Ravenbrook? Like,
1: there's a lot going on. Right. And I think with some future stories, especially getting into politics and stuff, we're going to be able mm-hmm. to start pulling from some of these past stories. Without giving you know too much away, obviously at this point, yeah. Um, I know, like one. There's there's a lot of things that I that I keep thinking about that I I just can't wait to explore. I know we've we've had a brush with the elders. We've now had a brush with law yep. enforcement, um, and of course, a lot of just the townsfolk. Yeah, and we some um, of, some of the higher ups in a couple of our Halloween stories. The more that's true, that's prestigious true. people
0: yeah yeah pillars of the community, you might say exactly yeah they're gonna um, find their way back of course i'm I'm interested because, like we now know that Officer Brooks was a beat cop in nineteen forty four but you know what happens to him, you know, like will he he could show up in future stories maybe maybe he was you know police chief in the fifties, yeah or Maybe he eventually ran for mayor, and he was mayor of Ravenbrook uh, for a decade, or you know what I mean. Like these,
1: maybe he goes these into retirement can and go eventually on. gets pulled back out of retirement for some crazy case that changes sure. Ravenbrook forever. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So many different There's possibilities. So much,
1: yeah, and we're we're gonna find out right here. So slowly. Another over thing time. that stood out to me is we're continuing developing just the town of Ravenbrook. We got to know yeah, another... Geography. Right, we got to know another... Especially, I mean, not really a landmark, but at least a street, which was the Van Buren what Boulevard or something. Yep. Was, yeah. Van, uh,
0: Van Buren Lane or it was one Van of Buren those. Drive. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. Um, yeah, we got a... Main Street. We have a Main Street. We have Hold up Van Buren Drive.
1: That's right. it.
0: Yeah. So we have Main Street and Van Buren Drive. We also know there's a place called the Parkway cuz at one point he drives across the Parkway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure exactly what that is. We'll, you know, develop that as we go. But we know that Van Buren Drive crosses it.
1: Yeah. And I'm assuming that's gonna continue into the future. I doubt that you know, I doubt that changes. Yeah. Maybe it grows up a bit, you know, the area around sure. it, whatever. Yeah.
0: And uh we also have the Whispering Grove. That's right, yeah. That we know is like a a place where a place where teens go for untoward activities another lover's lane maybe out. maybe we'll yeah maybe we'll see some some lover's lane killer action out there or something at some point maybe hey, we have to we're
1: gonna start incorporating yeah. urban legends into uh into <laughs> ravenbrook as well
0: i mean that's a great question right there that you just you know accidentally posited is in a town where all this fucked up shit happens what are the what are the urban legends right you know what i mean like that's a, if all that's this stuff question. is reality
1: what yeah what are considered urban legends maybe at some point we just do like a series of tales from ravenbrook urban legend urban legends of ravenbrook something i don't know
0: yeah
1: and how crazy would it like have to get couple to couple quick little for, things
0: how how fucking crazy would the stories have to get for the people of Ravenbrook to not believe them? Right. Yeah. Without you know? a doubt.
1: Without a doubt. Like.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think a crybaby bridge is going to cut it. I mean, if we go off of like the creepy pasta one, you know, if that becomes an mm-hmm. urban legend or whatever that we did with Mister Phantom, you know, that could yep. be that could be the start of something. Um. But yeah, I. But I even mean, that, that was real. be right. In our world, Mister
0: Phantom actually existed. That's true, you know. But you yeah. know,
1: in a lot of urban legends,
0: you know, they may yeah. or may not Based exist on fact. As well. Right, I suppose so. I guess what I'm th- what I'm wondering is what it would take for the people of Ravenbrook to consider something an urban legend. <laughs> Be like oh, to just go a like, nah, that's story,"
1: or "No, I You're right, like uh, that's just an urban legend." Right. <laughs> something worse happened to me last yeah. night. <laughs> That's that's true. That, I think it would be it would honestly be pretty tough to come up with some yeah. crazier urban legends to throw into this place. Yeah, but I think maybe I, I think we're up maybe. for the task
0: though. Like we we have to be. Here's an idea. So most of what we know about Ravenbrook centers around the paranormal,
1: right? right? Yeah. Yep.
0: It's it's ghostly. Most of it has been like paranormal and curses and yeah things like that folk, The dead returning back to life and, every
1: halloween sure vampires werewolves for like the beast of Bear right. creek but that's still that's still part of ravenbrook
0: yeah maybe maybe the the step too far for the people of ravenbrook maybe the the corner of fortiana that they just won't buy is aliens that's possible we haven't had any alien encounters go down in Ravenbrook. We haven't. Yeah, that may change. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get some of, some alien action,
1: some cryptid action, I, yeah. like we had I mean, in I would Bear love, Creek. I would love to tie both of those yeah. in because obviously, I mean, it's what we do at the show. Like, yeah, yeah, we we've got to add everything, everything there. But it yeah. needs. I mean, and
0: Ravenbrook is a hot
1: spot, you know. Well, technically, for the Beast of Bear Creek would be. <laughs> Encrypted, a a right? Yeah, definitely encrypted. Okay,
0: but that's you know geographically that's adjacent to Ravenbrook. But you know quite. we could also
1: make it Bear Creek part of the universe. as an actual creek in Ravenbrook, like an area. That's true, and at which I was just thinking that's about. And I don't know why we didn't talk about that or think about that before. <laughs> like yeah. it's just this little area Maybe. in Ravenbrook is just like Bear Creek area or whatever. Yeah. Maybe Bear Creek runs
0: through the the, uh, the Whispering Grove.
1: Ah. You know what I mean? Maybe it's
0: an actual creek. Yeah. Yeah. Then he would... interesting.
1: I feel like he'd need to be something to do with water, some, like, merman or something.
0: But he doesn't have to I mean, he could just, you know, animals live around water sources, right? True. So maybe he just stays tight to the creek.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And wasn't there like a cave or whatever they go into, like the tree, whatever? It doesn't matter at this point. So many caves. There, <laughs> the forest around Ravenbrook is literally where like everything happens, and it's ridiculous yeah. at this point. It's fucked. It really it's, is. It's this.
0: Yeah, the um most the vast majority of the stories in Ravenbrook have happened in creepy old houses and the forest. That's right. that's pretty much that's pretty much where it is. Yeah. I mean, I want to I we're slowly building the map of Ravenbrook. I mean, yeah, right? Where we know there's a library, there's a cemetery, we know. Uh-huh. There's several of these like dilapidated mansions. I think there was like cuz this story in particular alluded to like an era where the town was gorgeous was like wealthy and doing well you know what i mean right like because it says like i wrote something to the effect of the facade only reminds people of like the days of ravenbrook's where ravenbrook was grand or ravenbrook's grandeur like clearly at some point this town was doing very well maybe it experienced like a an industrial boom or a well, mining boom like
1: you know with the uh, van Buren whatever like you know yeah like as this town grows and and builds over whatever but there's got to be a turning point i would think maybe yeah unless this town yep. just becomes Gary Indiana i mean there there are a lot of towns that that did really well
0: i mean the other town in the county we grew up in There was a time period in the 20s and 30s where they had an oil boom, and the town was like super, like, it was like 200% the national GDP average. Like, it was one of the most successful little towns in the Midwest for like 15 years,
1: and then the oil wells dried up real Mm. quick, and people just fled. Yeah, I mean, like like... is this is this a small town? Is it like a major town? I mean, those are the. Things I mean, we've we'll continued to kind of we build have,
0: on, but we have on many on many occasions described it as a small town. As a small town, yeah, but that's true. Yeah, I maybe though maybe it was maybe it's a small town. Sort of what's left of it is small, and most of it is you know abandoned or. You know, sort of like if you go to if you go to certain neighborhoods in Detroit now where like, oh, this used to be like a highly populated area, but now like three out of four houses are abandoned. So it feels like a small town because there are so few people still living there. That's true. So there could be a whole
1: other side to Ravenbrook that we can eventually explore. Yeah. Yeah. Because huh.
0: these like 14, this like 14 darkness could have led to, you know, financial collapse and, you know, crazy shit that ended up destroying the town, driving people out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah.
1: We're talking rich history here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is world building, yeah. man. We're going we're yeah. to get there. It's intense. Yeah. It's just, there's so much that goes into it that I've like, I mean, of course, like, you know, telling stories, writing stories and all this stuff, you know, you, you create a world or whatever else, a small, just a small piece of it. Yeah. But you never, never get to get as in depth as, you know, we're starting to go with this. And I think that it will eventually become. And yeah, because we normally
0: just create these little, like, pocket universes. Right, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Where where a short story takes place. A quick, you know, ten minutes that we spend in this world. But since we're coming back over and over again, and that's the whole idea of this, is to slowly over time we're going to really build this world out. Yeah. And that's exciting. understand the fabric. Yeah. Understand, like, the real fabric of Ravenbrook. Eventually. Eventually
1: I'm ready for it. Yeah.
0: Let's yeah, just skip I'm, ahead. I'm
1: stoked. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> let's just write a year's worth of stories right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we might as well even we'll just, we keep it can just know. Well, let's uh let's continue building on Ravenbrook with our uh next installment. Absolutely. The next entry to our Ravenbrook series is titled The Meteor. August 13th, 2003 The coastal town of Ravenbrook lie nestled between the mist-shrouded mountains and the vast turbulent sea. Its history, veiled in mysteries and whispers of strange occurrences, danced through the air like ghostly specters. Fred and Harris, lifelong friends and residents of Ravenbrook, found themselves drawn into its eerie embrace one fateful night. It began with a meteor shower that painted the night sky in streaks of celestial brilliance. Fred and Harris, filled with an insatiable curiosity, climbed a hill overlooking Ravenbrook to witness the cosmic spectacle. As the meteor streaked across the darkened night sky, one of them descended more gracefully than the others, landing with a muted thud in the dense forest below. Intrigued, the duo embarked on a late-night journey through the moonlit woods, guided by the faint glow emanating from the mysterious object. Their search led them to the heart of the forest, where they discovered a small clearing with an ethereal, pulsating orb resting on the ground. The orb beckoned to them with an otherworldly allure. Unable to resist, Fred and Harris gently picked it up, feeling its cool metallic surface beneath their trembling fingers. The orb seemed to vibrate with an energy that transcended the laws of the natural world. At first, they marveled at its beauty, but soon their fascination turned to confusion as they discovered a series of buttons arranged in an intricate pattern. Their attempts to manipulate the orb proved futile until they stumbled upon an obscure online forum. Buried deep within the digital depths, they found discussions of a similar orb and its hidden secrets. Armed with newfound knowledge, they deciphered the sequence of buttons, and the orb yielded to their command, unfolding to reveal a metallic tablet covered in enigmatic symbols. Their curiosity only deepened as they posted images of the tablet on the same forum catching the attention of a mysterious user named Zero. Zero, an expert in ancient languages and codes, offered to help decipher the tablet's message. The symbols unfolded a set of coordinates, leading to the summit of Ravenbrook's tallest mountain. The journey to the mountain's peaks was arduous, the air growing colder and the pulsating sound intensifying with each step. As they reached the summit, a strange circular mask materialized at the edge of the cliff. It's a portal! Zero exclaimed, his voice echoing in the mountain air. Hesitant but compelled, the trio entered the portal and found themselves in a Ravenbrook that defied the boundaries of time. The air hummed with a mechanical rhythm, and tall buildings loomed like metallic sentinels against the skyline. The people who passed by were eerily similar to humans, yet their movements were precise, almost robotic. As they explored the advanced Ravenbrook, Harris couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. This isn't right, we shouldn't be here, he whispered to Fred and Zero. Their unease heightened when an alert echoed through the city, warning of intruders. The three raced back to the portal's location. The pulsating sound, now an ominous drumbeat echoing in their ears. Back on the mountain, they passed through the portal, leaving the other Ravenbrook behind. The metallic tablet clutched in their hands, they returned home, chilled to the bone by the unsettling experience. Yet, exhilarated by the discovery of a parallel reality. In the days that followed their return from the alternate reality, Fred, Harris, and Zero couldn't shake the unsettling feeling that lingered within them. The metallic tablet, now a relic of their interdimensional journey, lay dormant in Fred's quaint Ravenbrook home, casting a mysterious glow that seemed to seep into the very walls. As they recounted their tale on the online forum that had led them on this bizarre adventure, The reactions from fellow users were a mix of disbelief and awe. Some dismissed their story as an elaborate hoax, while others speculated on the nature of the futuristic Ravenbrook they had described. Among the sea of usernames, one stood out. A mysterious figure named Voidwalker messaged Harris privately expressing deep interest in the details of their journey. Harris hesitated at first, but fueled by curiosity, eventually spilled more details to Voidwalker, who claimed to have a deep understanding of interdimensional travel. In their subsequent conversations, Voidwalker unraveled the intricacies of the metallic tablet's symbols, revealing a cryptic language that seemed to defy the laws of earthly Linguistics. You've activated a link between worlds, Voice Walker typed, his virtual presence sending shivers down Harris's spine. But beware, for the beings of that alternate Ravenbrook are not to be trifled with. Their motives are beyond our comprehension. Days turned into nights as they delved deeper into the mysteries that surrounded the metallic tablet. The symbols, once indecipherable, now danced in their dreams, haunting their sleep with the pulsating rhythm reminiscent of the portal that they had traversed. The people of Ravenbrook, unaware of the impending storm, continued their lives, oblivious to the presence of interlopers among them. Then one fateful evening as the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows over Ravenbrook the three men gathered in Fred's living room. The metallic tablet lie at the center of their makeshift command center, its cold surface reflecting the dim light of the room. With Voidwalker's guidance, they input the newfound sequence, and the tablet responded with a low hum, vibrating with an energy that transcended the boundaries of the mundane. The portal reappeared at the edge of the cliff, its circular mass pulsating with an ominous glow. Harris, Fred, and Zero exchanged hesitant glances before stepping through once more. The transition between realities was disorienting, a kaleidoscope of colors and shapes that twisted their senses. When they finally materialized in the alternate Ravenbrook, a sense of alien dread washed over them. The air was thick with an unnatural silence, broken only by the distant hum of flying vehicles and the eerie glow of footsteps that resonated through the metallic structures. The buildings towered over them, their sleek surfaces reflecting the group's bewildered expressions. The people passing by, though humanoid in form, had a strange quality about them. Their eyes glowed with an ethereal light, and their movements were unnaturally precise. As they explored the Ravenbrook, a pervasive sense of being watched accompanied them. The inhabitants, aware of their presence, cast suspicious glances that seemed to pierce through the facade of normalcy. The group wandered through the bustling marketplaces where holographic displays showcased products that defied early understanding. They're on to us. Zero muttered, glancing nervously at the towering structures that seemed to close in around them. We need to find answers and get out of here, Harris replied, his eyes darting from one unfamiliar face to another. Their journey led them to a central hub, a place that seemed to serve as the nucleus of this alien society. A holographic display projected a map of Ravenbrook with pulsating markers indicating points of interest. As they neared the display, the ambient noise hushed, and the eerie silence enveloped them once more. "'You shouldn't be here,' a voice echoed catching them off guard. The group turned to find a figure clad in a metallic suit, his eyes piercing through the shadows of his helmet. Intruders must be contained." With a sudden urgency, they took off sprinting through the busy streets, the pursuer's footsteps echoing ominously behind them. The pulsating sound that had guided them to the portal now resonated in the air, leading them back to the mountain peak where their interdimensional journey had began. At the cliff's edge, the circular mass of the portal beckoned them. As they entered, the metallic tablet in hand, a voice echoed through the air, chilling them to the core. You cannot escape the inevitable. The portal closed behind them, leaving the group standing on the familiar ground of Ravenbrook. But the relief that had washed over them was short lived, for the metallic tablet now bore an inscription that sent a shiver down their spines. The link has been established. As they stumbled back into the familiar world, unaware of the unseen forces set into motion, A distant howl echoed through the night, and a cold wind carried with it a sinister whisper, a foreboding prelude to the horrors that awaited Ravenbrook. The stage was set, the pieces were in motion, and the future of Ravenbrook hung in the balance, tethered to the ominous link forged by the group's unwitting actions. In the days that followed their return from the alternate version of Ravenbrook, an eerie pallor set over the coastal town. Unbeknownst to the unsuspecting residents, Harris, Fred, and Zero had unwittingly unleashed an unseen force that began to weave its tendrils into the fabric of reality. The metallic tablet, now branded with the ominous message, rested silently, seemingly dormant but carrying the weight of an impending doom. The trio remained haunted by the memories of the alternate Ravenbrook. Shadows seemed to linger where they shouldn't, and the wind whispered as if speaking in tongues. Harris, the most affected, found himself waking in cold sweats. The metallic symbols etched into his dream like a malevolent tattoo. Their online presence became more subdued, their forum posts hinting at a hesitance to divulge the full extent of their experience. Voidwalker, the mysterious figure who had guided them to the alternate reality, had fallen silent, leaving them to grapple with the consequences of their interdimensional journey alone. One fateful evening as the three gathered in Fred's living room to discuss their next steps, a knock echoed through the quiet house. Harris cautiously opened the door to find an old man, his eyes deep pools of uncertainty You must come with me, he uttered, a tremor in his voice. They know. With a shared glance, the three followed the old man through the dimly lit streets of Ravenbrook, the air heavy with an unspoken dread. The winding path led them to a secluded spot overlooking the ocean, where the old man revealed himself to be a guardian of sorts, a protector of Ravenbrook's secrets. Your journey has unsettled the balance, he explained, his gaze shifting between each member of the group. The link you forged has consequences beyond your understanding. It beckons forces from beyond the veil. The three exchanged uneasy glances, realizing the gravity of their actions. The Guardian led them to the edge of the cliff, where the metallic tablet hummed with an alien-like resonance. Its glow intensified as if responding to an invisible call. You must sever the link, their guardian insisted, or Ravenbrook will suffer the consequences. With trepidation, Harris placed his hands on the tablet, attempting to decipher its symbols once more. As they worked to reverse the sequence, the air around them grew thick and a low hum vibrated through the cliffside. The portal began to materialize, not as a gateway to another world, but as a conduit for an unknown malevolence. Suddenly, a cold wind enveloped them, and a voice, a chorus of discordant whispers, echoed through the air. You thought you could escape, foolish mortals. The trio stumbled back as the portal widened, revealing a shadowy figure cloaked in darkness It spoke in a language that transcended human comprehension, chilling through their very souls. You have awakened the Watchers. Your world will be theirs. Before they could react, the shadowy figure lunged forward, sending them sprawling. The Guardian, with a fierce determination, stepped between them and the encroaching darkness. You will not take Ravenbrook, he declared his frail form radiating an unexpected strength. The metallic tablet, now pulsating with energy, seemed to feed the portal's growth. The group, filled with dread, realized that they were witnessing the unraveling of the fabric that held the reality intact. As the portal expanded, a robotic howl echoed through the night, shaking the very foundation of Ravenbrook. Unseen tendrils extended from the portal, creeping into the town below. Shadows danced on the walls and the air crackled with an otherworldly energy. The Guardian, against insurmountable odds, fought a losing battle against the encroaching darkness. Harris, Fred, and Zero, paralyzed by fear and guilt, watched as the link that they had forged, become a gateway for an unimaginable horror. The ground beneath them quivered as the shadowy figure, now more defined, stepped through the portal, its form shifting between dimensions. They could feel its malevolence seeping into the town, twisting the very essence of Ravenbrook into a nightmarish reflection of its former self. The last thing they saw before the world plunged into darkness was the Guardian's defiant silhouette against the encroaching void a beacon of resistance in the face of an unimaginable threat. The fate of Ravenbrook hung in the balance, teetering on the precipice of a horror that transcended worlds. The group, now helpless witnesses to the nightmare that they had unleashed, could only watch as the town they once knew was swallowed by the all-encompassing shadows. The portal closed, leaving Ravenbrook forever changed, and silent a prelude to the terror that awaited and the uncertain chapters to come
0: well i thought we were gonna have ufos maybe this uh not yet maybe this was a ufo maybe i don't know maybe the orb was
1: a ufo what do you think i mean i see that's that's a good question the orb came down in a meteor shower right the orb is obviously a vessel right a vessel of some sort yeah. that contains this, this metallic tablet, which this metallic tablet is basically a key that opens this portal that happens to exist within Ravenbrook. It's not an iPad, <laughs> yeah. but uh, there's, not, there's not a screen <laughs> on it, you know. It's a metallic glowing, yeah, yeah. glowing, glowing thing, whatever. But this is an yeah. alien world. It, was, it didn't come right out and say an alien world, but the way that, the way that this is approached just to give a little bit of context so you know there's an understanding there. Yeah. It's more so a futuristic Ravenbrook that has been essentially overtaken by an alien race that has inhabited all of the Right. the people living in Raven. So Park. we have aliens. We have aliens. But no UFO. No UFO yet. Yeah. Okay. But there's plenty there's plenty to come with this.
0: No indication of how far in the future right. it took them. Exactly. Yeah. Not yet. All those holographic displays, and none of them had a date at the bottom.
1: <laughs> if they did, they 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 never they never uh, talked about it, noticed it, <laughs> or noticed it. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, okay. I wanna I want I, I... I wanna leave this open to be able to build off of, be able to come back to. Yeah. Might not be it for a while. Yeah. But something that can be, you know, built off of.
0: I love it. I love that it's like alien adjacent it's definitely timey-wimey which i always appreciate yeah yeah for sure um also the bits of the early internet that are in there i love yeah oh this is like oh three yeah 2003
1: i mean i remember like you know 2001 to 2003 or 4 or whatever like i mean some of the best best times i spent on the internet were random obscure forums Yep. and chat exactly. rooms and stuff like that like that that was the most fun you know like finding new music people or, with
0: badass names oh, right exactly like yeah. zero and void walker <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no those are like you you picked the perfect names for them for those characters well i was trying to think like, back
1: to like hackers and there was zero cool yep. there was acid burn um uh, why can't yep. I think of others right now of course I'm drawing a blank but like you know like those early early internet handles that were always really neat yeah I mean like I have, I have a pretty good internet handle I'm not gonna say it here you know because I don't want people going out there and finding yeah. me <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> I
0: um I personally I think Voidwalker was a plant you think so I think yeah, yeah, I think I can give away if you want. The whole there time. is
1: more to Void Walker. I
0: mean, if you're going to write more about about it, reveal it through story. All right, I'll, you I'll wait. I'll wait. I, won't, I
1: won't go through yeah. Void Walker who who or what he is yet. Yeah, but Void Walker has a very distinct role, and as the story continues, what's to come? Yes. Okay. Cool.
0: Cool. We also have this this um, idea of.
1: Guardians. Right? See? Like Right. Which we we've rec- we've very, very just you know had a soft brush with the elders of Ravenbrook. And that being a thing. Yep. And we also have guardians, which you know, are they one and the are, same are, or are they completely different? Are they opposed forces?
0: Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Maybe one. Maybe they're fighting for different things. Exactly. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe the Watchers. Maybe the Guardians are, are the source of the craziness, right? And the Guardians are fighting against it.
1: Exactly. And they could be equally as old, but different roles. So you Ooh, know. I just had this idea of like the maybe founders
0: of the town at some point split. Right? Like there's there's a disagreement or something, and they they split into yeah. The elders and the guardians. Yeah,
1: I'm into it. Epic. A lot of cool shit we can do with that.
0: Yeah, I like that idea.
1: That's cool. We also got a mountain range. Yep. Um, not a name for it yet, but that name will come. Um, as we continue to develop the world
0: and the ocean. So we know that Ravenbrook is somewhere, somewhere in the northern part of Maine. We know that it's on the coast. Yep. And we know that there's a mountain.
1: Exactly. Which actually, now that I think back to it, there has been a name of a mountain range in Ravenbrook on a previous episode. Has there? It was a Halloween episode, if I remember right.
0: Okay. I don't remember that. Hmm.
1: I'm trying to... Oh, Do you man.
0: recall the name?
1: Well, I'm trying to think back, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it might have been used in the urban legend story of the lady in white, or the woman in white. So not Ravenbrook? I, you know what? I'm going to have to double check.
0: I don't think it was, I think that was an an actual our actual episode on
1: that was yeah it was the actual the legends episode, but I thought I had used something similar if not the same i'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and look um okay, that's okay, yeah, but uh that was willow Lake that was when we were working, yeah, yeah, but that was that was Pre- the Raven same Broke. That was the same area though. Yeah. So we gotta do guys just go back and change that and boom, we've got an urban legend.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. But also, you know, Willow Lake. Willow Lake could be a part of Ravenbrook. <laughs> That's true. Maybe it's an actual lake <laughs> in Ravenbrook. Yeah. I
1: like it. Right? Just like Bear Creek. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find ways to tie it all in. Right? Mm-hmm. This is like uh
0: Like Stephen King's Dark Tower series where he just like used it to tie every book he ever wrote together. Why
1: not? Yeah. You create a world, a universe. And you want everything to remain within that universe, right? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The
0: (laughs) CCU. That's it. The Campfire Cinematic
1: Universe.
0: Ah. Nice. Yeah. It's not cinematic
1: yet, but it's gonna get there. Eventually, Netflix is gonna buy The Ravenbrook series and turn it into Ravenbrook? a show. You've heard it here, yeah. Netflix, if you're listening, that's just slow or a
0: much better streaming service. Or I mean, if I, Netflix. I don't, I don't, if you I don't are interested, then you're if Netflix. If you're interested, then you're the best streaming service.
1: <laughs> but any of you, <laughs> if you're listening,
0: yeah, We'll fucking do a Tubi series. I was I don't gonna even, say, don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, Tubi. If you're interested, then you're the best streaming service anybody. <laughs> or if
1: you if you have ties with somebody, and you just like Ravenbrook would be a cool show. Let's get it. Yeah, let's get weird. We'll crank them out. Yeah, we will. We'll crank them <laughs> out left and
0: right. You got two. You got two budding screenwriters right here. You, you know what I mean. You don't even have to look for them. Yeah, sure, we can even. are here for you.
1: Yeah, we can do. We can. We can do it all. <laughs> Every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless uh, i think it, I, I really it would be cool to see like something like that i mean you know obviously as we get further yeah. into the series and maybe turn it into a book series or whatever we end up doing i mean i, I mean the future is kind of limitless with this so it's true whatever happens yeah. i think it could be a, cool
0: that's what's so exciting about it like will it end up being a uh, an anthology book series will it end up being a comic book will it end up being That's true. uh yeah we did uh, did kind of talk about you know, that a
1: little bit Yep. yeah it the possibilities are endless they are and you get to be a part of the process so join it's us over true. on patreon it's hey? True. patreon.com forward slash campfire <laughs> tales of the strange and unsettling or we don't talk yeah, about ravenbrook it. at all <laughs> <laughs> but plenty of other cool shit goes yeah, on plenty of it And we're about to upload a new, you know, catalogs worth of content that's been kind of waiting. So appreciate all of you patrons for sticking it out and especially with us through the holidays, because October and November have been very busy for us. And again, we have a lot of content that's just waiting to come out.
0: Yep. And um, also, we are at some point going to release on Patreon our I'm going to say it now so that we'll do it. Okay. Because we've talked about it a bunch of times. On Patreon, we are, at some point soon, going to release the Mothman Supercut. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing. That is a thing.
0: Yeah. Which is going to be... Where you can get all six <laughs> parts in one go.
1: Mothman all the time. <laughs> that's right.
0: You get your nine hours of Mothman.
1: <laughs> I forget, are we doing... Uh... That's without the debrief, right? Right. I mean, it's either Mothman story or way, the stories, Let's, right? Yeah. 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 We, you're right.
0: So, more like three hours.
1: Yeah, but I mean, still, that's a, a shitload of Mothman.
0: Two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And we covered the full fucking Mothman story. Yeah. Not a single thing was left out. I
1: mean. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we went deep with some Mothman. Everything. Deep everything from the pre Mothman UFO flap, yeah,
0: to the Chicago sightings like everything, cold and lanyulose, all of it. Yep, we talked about the Blackbird of Chernobyl, yeah, yeah, all the tangential stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep,
1: yeah. So, if you're interested, so and you're a Mothmaniac, then get ready and go check it out soon. Yeah, the Mothman Supercut, yeah, all right, man.
0: I think that uh that wraps up Tales from Ravenbrook. Uh Weatherby House and the Meteor.